Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Charles Hamaker, joined by Omari Salisbury and Bennett Buckles on this fine uh, February day. Hello, my friends. Hello. Happy Black History Month. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, which it's weird because for some reason Black History Month is the shortest month of the year. Isn't that a little messed up? No. Hey man, don't get me started. Don't get yeah. me started. So it's, it's very suspicious. <laughs> uh, episode forty-three. Um, we're just. I, I was going to start this off by obviously we normally start off with the Seahawks news, um, and with that being said, um, over the past week, former. Offensive tackle Chad Wheeler uh, remained in jail on suspicion of felony domestic assault after the arrest, his arrest on Saturday. Um, we're just going to say it. Uh, I think it's safe to say everybody on this podcast condemns his actions and he should not ever step in an NFL facility um, in his lifetime. Uh, what he did was disgusting. Uh, it was inhumane and he, he should feel the punishment. He pleaded, uh, oh, well, he, he will not be back with the team. His contract expired, uh, or I think it was terminated, I believe. I think uh, Bennett corrected me before we started this. He was an exclusive rights free agent. Uh, I don't think he'll be back with the team or any team. I think that any locker room in this league would hold him, uh, would, wouldn't want him in their facility. Um, and today on Monday, uh, he pleaded not guilty to criminal charges, and his case-setting hearing is scheduled for February 11th. He should be charged. And I think he should go away for a long time. Um, it just, you know, this needed to be said that what he did um, was inexcusable and he shouldn't, he should be held accountable for his actions. Um, do you guys have any input on that? I think you really summed it up perfectly. There's disgusting, filthy behavior. It's just unacceptable. It's honestly just sickening. It's not something, you know, that I read a comment that's like, Usually people say there's no place for that in this game. There's no place for that in society in general. That's just something that, you know, that's just disgusting. And as I said, he shouldn't ever step foot in another NFL facility and he should have to pay uh, for the crime that he committed. And, you know, whether it was about something mental or that he claimed, whatever that is, he needs to spend time to realize his actions and you know just work on himself somewhere else not you know <clears throat> so there's that uh more serious matter that needed to be mentioned um so we will take that and leave that there and hope that he gets uh prosecuted for his crime and we will move on to the rest of the news for the day uh, the team hired Rams pass game coordinator Shane Waldron as the new offensive coordinator. Obviously, over the uh, past few weeks, we've heard a bunch of different things about potential offensive coordinators from uh, Ferndale, uh, Pride of Ferndale, uh, former Eagles coach Doug Peterson, uh, Anthony Lynn, uh, former uh, L.A. Chargers coach, and a few other names. Um, but Shane Waldron is who they landed on all kind of seemed pretty sudden with him. It was a move fast. I had not heard about Shane Waldron. And then it was that one night he had been hired. Um, Waldron comes from the Shane, Sean McVay offense in LA that is run based play action, uh, quick passing game. He is part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree as Bennett pointed out to me. 
Um, very, very briefly, one, two seasons. Technically, in a way. Um, in terms of something that was important that I saw, uh, in terms of O-line and something that gets talked about always, and it always seems like O-line is talked about here in Seattle, at least since Russell's been here. Um, in the past three seasons, Russell had been sacked third, sixth, and fifth, um, starting from uh, that third season up to recently. And in terms of the Rams and how their offense works with this run-based play-action quick passing game, the Rams have ranked sixth, first, and eighth in fewest sacks um, the last three years. So kind of something that um, I think a few of us had clamored about throughout the season was to get the ball out quickly and be able to mix in that play action to avoid having Russell get hit and to get sacked. Um, and even, even regardless of what happened last year, I think Russell's on pace to be one of the most sacked quarterbacks ever. So that's, you know, kind of got to work on that. Um, Amari said something that I kind of agree with before we started this, uh, this recording today. I'm not sure how I feel about this because um, obviously uh, he's coming from a solid offense there and a great coaching staff in LA. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm waiting to see what takes place rather. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan on some of the other names that were interviewed, but I mean, you know, uh, we'll see how it goes. It seemed like this coaching staff, uh, this coaching hire was, it took more time than the Schottenheimer one back uh, three years ago, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it takes place. And it's, it's really important that this hire uh, has a huge effect on this offense and takes advantage of Russell Wilson and the offense's uh, potential and just using it correctly. Um, did uh, either of you want to chime in on this and your thoughts? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's a bit of a disappointment for me, uh, to, these are two pretty low profile guys, but I mean, in the same line, this is kind of how you build a rapport with some of these people and get them to the point where they can be head coaches. And that's kind of a lot of what Pete Carroll does is he'll either take a friend that he wants to end up becoming something bigger in the NFL or he'll take um, younger guys who he think he can mold into a future coordinator, head coach, so on and so forth. I'm thinking like Daryl Bevel, Shoddy, um, Chris Richard, Richards, Richard, right? Yeah, yeah it was Richard. Uh, some of these guys who have gone on to be head coaches or OCs elsewhere, um, and I think that. This is a bit different because it wasn't somebody he was prior connected to, which I think is is bright. And I think it, to me, points towards Russell um, having some influence and pull on these hirings. But in the terms of Waldron, uh, you know, we kind of see him like we, we, we've seen him, his result of how he operates. Uh, the Rams had a, I mean, their passing offense was stymied by the fact that their quarterback is less than average or their, their former, pardon me, former quarterback was uh, less than average, maybe just around the average mark for QBs in terms of play. Um, he, he sits right there with like Trubisky and some of these other guys um, in the NFC in particular. But 
I think Waldron has a creative play style that I think I really like. And what we also have said is that we kind of tend towards getting quick passes out, but I think Pete Carroll and Shoddy to an extent had an issue with how they were doing quick passes where they weren't necessarily deep enough or they were too deep or they were too shallow. So this should be a nice revitalization for that facet of our passing game. Also, I hope Waldron brings the play action more heavily to our team because that seems to be some of his, um, some of how his play style works. So that's what I'm most excited for. I have no notes. I haven't read anything about the run coordinator from anyone. Like I read one article about it. They talked about his stats as an O-lineman coach. <laughs> Uh, and an O-lineman coach, you know, stats don't really translate unless it's the running game. And of course, the Rams had a great running game. Uh, but some people have brought up good points. These are two coaches who have no experience calling plays. Um, Waldron has some play calling experience uh, in the outside of NFL realm. But other than that, these guys both don't really call plays, and they haven't at least in the last couple seasons. So that to me is either alarming or good because they could add they could have a fresh spin on how we do things in the NFL. And I think really, like Omari said, I don't have a formal opinion on this yet. In both ways, the way in both uses of the word formal, like I haven't formed an opinion of it because I haven't seen how they play, uh, and I don't really have a set opinion on them yet. So we'll see by the end of the season, maybe even by the midpoint of the season, I think we can either be sold or not sold on them. You know, I feel like we see this often with the Seahawks and any decision that we make where it's like, let's see what we can do with a nobody. And in some cases it turns out pretty good. It turns out pretty good for us, you know, uh, Especially when you look at like the the good players that we have on our team, you know, none of them were like really drafted high, but then they really showed out to be their full potential and are really our 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 all stars now. But it's just like at a certain point, I feel like you kind of get tired of it. Like I would just like to feel secure and confident in the decisions that the team makes. Like we're just like, all right, we we hired somebody who we know is good, who we know is gonna help, mm-hmm. instead of it being like we're just like. Uh, we might be able to really be able. No, I don't want no mites or maybes. I want like yes. You want an established get, guy. Yes, I want something like established and defined. Gotcha. Like I know that to be fair with us as the Seahawks, like that's that's worked out pretty well with us, where we've had like we've gotten players we didn't know about, and it usually turns out good. But like, I'm tired of it. Well, I I, I counter that with the fact that you use the word usual here, and I I might be being nitpicky because. <laughs> You are. Don't say my. Well, I'm you just are. no. What I'm saying, no. What I'm saying is, you can't say that it always works out well. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That. Yeah, like you, look it, at Malik right. McDowell. I actually look agree at, with like, you. Half these guys that we bring on, they just don't matter. Exactly. I'm actually agreeing with you. I, I was saying usually to be nice. Okay, I really was. I was saying usually to be nice because there's a lot of times, the times that we care about, it usually does work out. But right, honestly, I mean, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it rarely ever happens. Like maybe like thirty percent of the time, it works out. Like, it's wild because John Schneider and Pete Carroll, rarely do they have good drafts. They always end up in the C-plus, B-minus area. Maybe, like, last uh, two years ago, they ended up in the D-plus era from most grades uh, from, like, media sports or sports media pundits who I, I rarely take stock in. But usually with the drafts, I agree with them because our drafts have usually, within the last couple of years, have been pretty what the fuck. 
if I'm being Just honest. Sleep. Like Jordan Brooks. Put the Anna, the, the swear word. Sorry, we were actually we were doing pretty good in this episode too. Damn it. Um, you do have a good point though. I mean, with the exception of like last year, I mean for for their that se- for this season last of productivity, two years. productivity, last year was solid. Yeah, I mean, and like, DK. DK but it was, was it was product. surprising that it was productive. Like, LJ Collier and Jordan Brooks on paper shouldn't have been drafted where they got drafted. No. And but maybe there's know, some aspect we're not seeing, and we got to respect that because we're, we're not professional. Okay, right. We're dudes. not professional scouters. We're not professional HCs. We're not professional GMs. But what I will say is that when you look at the drafting and scouting reports of every other team – these guys are not worth where they are getting drafted. And for whatever reason, we're drafting them. And you can say it's intangibles and you can say it's something like that. But when it comes down to it, Seahawks leadership likes these outsider guys. And it just, it bothers me to no end. Because wouldn't you have rather have someone like Doug Peterson who took his team to the Super Bowl and beat the Patriots, a backup quarterback, as your head coach? And you cannot tell me that Seahawks couldn't offer him a deal lucrative enough for himself to sign on as OC. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you can't tell me that they couldn't, that they didn't screw something up there or something about their culture put put Peterson off of the Seahawks. See, now in a dream world, you know who I wanted, I would have wanted? This would be enemy. The enemy. But that, you know, <laughs> that, that would be insane. Just because he still hasn't been hired, what? Well, I mean, he still has a Super Bowl to win. That's true, but he still hasn't been hired. You'd think, yeah. I mean, he should have been hired last year, you know. So it's, uh, yeah. Interesting so how you guys do have a good point with that. Um, have been hired over him. Is there something we're missing? Hmm. 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 So you know, it's um to get back to Waldron and Andy Dickerson, um. Andy Dickerson. I forgot his name. <laughs> he looks like a kind gentleman. He looks like he'd be fun at a bar. Is uh, he the one who's very, who had the, shirt, the picture of him that looks a lot like when Russell wore the Hawaiian shirt? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. So, uh, I mean, it's it's a wait and see thing. But, I mean, to Omari's point, having established uh, personnel wouldn't be the worst thing. You know, mm-hmm. so. But at the end of the day, we are talking heads and not being paid by the NFL. So, you know, but we will ultimately see. And then another thing in terms of team notes, uh, former tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, Greg Olson, told Colin Cowherd on Monday that he, quote unquote, liked his time in Seattle, but had buyer's remorse over joining Seattle and not Buffalo. Um, Huh. Sort of interesting comments. I mean, yeah, you know what, Greg? We got buyer's remorse too, homeboy. It was uh, interesting to see, you know, because... We didn't expect that from him. <laughs> That's crazy. Fuck you, Greg. Sort of well, I mean, Omar, you got to realize he's a budding media commentator too. I'm sure he's going to say things to say things. Yeah, it's like nah, going to be his right. job. You know, it's... Yeah, I mean, I was frustrated with it. I was like, oh... You wanted to go to Buffalo, you know. I you we know. showed you love. It's like, hey man, right. you got paid seven million dollars to have a subpar season. That's a so, part fucking disgusting to you. It was disgusting. I expected. Mari, come on, you were you were defending him during the season when I was going after him hard. 
Yeah, it's because I liked him as a person, but you know, fuck Greg. You know, Bennett, the great Tupac Shakur said one thing in one song. You... He said, um, things change. So things do change. You just invoked, like, what? <laughs> you know, so, uh, Greg, I mean, enjoy being in the booth, but uh, waste of seven million dollars. So, I mean, also, like, Buffalo would have paid you nothing because they have Knox, who's also a good tight end, and they still wouldn't have made a Super Bowl with you. So, you know, I don't know right, what you, you wouldn't have ultimately, but so that is all for our gridiron friends for now. Russell should take back his little ATV thing he bought him. Did he, those go to the tight ends too? I thought that was just a line. Oh, well, tight end or a line. Oh, well, there you go. Well, if he <laughs> got him an AT, ATV, uh, you might want to call him about that. Uh, moving on to our resident baseball team. Uh, nothing too Mariners. Huh? Which one is that again? The Mariners. Oh, right. What are you on about? <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to the Mariners. Uh, nothing too team specific. Uh, the MLB proposed a 154-game season that would begin on April 28th with a postseason that carries into November, uh, obviously, so there would be a delayed start there uh, as opposed to starting in March. Uh, the deal would include the universal DH and expanded playoffs. Um, the MLB Players Union was expected to reject this proposal, and they did reject this proposal uh, to delay the season until April. Then things kind of get murky. Uh, other reports said that the MLB season will start on time, which isn't doesn't help that if it's on time for the standard start time in March or if it's in April. Uh, and another report stated that the players union had rejected a proposal to shorten the season, um, which would be that April start. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out here more uh, once we hit February, because February is uh, mid February is when spring training is supposed to take place. So we will uh, learn more about it then. But until then, it seems that the MLB players union is want, does not want to a, uh, does not want to start uh, the season uh, with a delayed uh, delay till April. Um, and then Mariners legend Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, will have a new job in joining the MLB office as senior advisor to the commissioner with an emphasis on youth development and improving diversity. Um, no, no one better to help the MLB with those things outside of Griffey. I mean, in terms of youth development, it's his, his nickname is the kid. So, I mean, I don't think it needs to be explained there. Um, and just something throughout the U S uh, football has been King for so long in basketball, you know, people love the NBA so much for their league, the league itself and what happens in that league. So, I mean, baseball, you need a little, you need a little juice. So I don't think having Ken Griffey Jr. around to help uh, is a bad thing. But that's about it for Mariners. Uh, I think next week I'm going to try to get out a roster uh, roster outlook just because we're getting into training camp um, in spring training. And that will be important to note as this year with the, how Jerry DePoto kind of put it, could be looking at a little more success than last year. Obviously last year was a really – small sample size um i'm also also i asked marco gonzalez what his favorite restaurant was in seattle he said all uh the salties on alki salties is all right they're okay i like um, the salties huh I, I just said i like the salties it's good I like oh, yeah 
thank you, Bennett, for the uh, comment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, MLB roster, uh, and in terms of improving diversity, uh, Mariners have a pretty diverse roster, which is pretty cool to see uh, with the names of Shed Long and Justin Dunn and obviously Kyle Lewis. Praise Kyle Lewis. We love Kyle Lewis here. Um, and I don't know. I, I am more optimistic about this Mariners team into the future than a lot of the fan base, but I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys do. Um, and with the potential to bring up guys like Jared Kalanick this year. Um, so I will have my optimism and just put it on hold uh, as we move on to the Seattle Sounders here. Uh, the only thing that's Sounders related is the MLS president is warning teams to prepare for a potential lockout ahead of the 2021 season, which is not bueno. Um, that's just potential. So as, at the moment, that's all that there is to know. Um, Seattle Storm uh, point guard Sue Bird agrees in principle to return to Seattle on a deal. So that's you know good news to always have the greatest WNBA player of all time back on the roster. Uh, the team did lose 2020 Defensive Player of the Year Alicia Clark to Washington uh, in the Mystics via free agency. She had been with Seattle for about nine years, joining the team in 2012. Uh, just great defensive player uh, and just a real great overall presence uh, in that locker room. And it's going to really hurt to lose. Obviously, I mean, you lose a Defensive Player of the Year, it's going to hurt. Um, so best of luck to Alicia Clark. She has been a standout. Um throughout her time here and it, you know, free agency is free agency. So it, it sucks, but you know, uh, best of luck. And then the team did re-sign veteran guard Epiphany Prince, who is entering her 13th season, uh, bringing back a crucial contributor from last year's uh, championship team. No Sonics news. Womp womp said, said, um, Seattle Kraken. I do have some news for you there. The team did announce that the television voice of the Kraken, will be John Forslund. Forslund has previously done play-by-play for the Carolina Hurricanes and called games from 1995 all the way up until 2020 when his contract expired. Um, and he will be doing so on Root Sports as a team announced that they will partner with Root Sports to broadcast home and away games. I present this question to both of you. Um, I don't know how much of a ba- hockey background you guys have, but will, will you be watching games? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, hockey's dope. <laughs> it's it's uh I know that before the season starts I'm gonna have to pick up a hockey's for dummy book. Dumb. I uh I bought uh NHL twenty just to figure out pardon my roommate singing. Uh <laughs> I I bought NFL twenty just to figure out how the game works. And if I'm honest with you fellas, I still don't really know. <laughs> There's a couple of You can borrow my NHL for dummies book. Yeah, there's a couple of errata that I'm or not errata. There's a couple of like very small rules that I'm not exactly sure how they operate. Yep. So it's um, I was I was at work the other day, and this gentleman asked me, he goes, "What? Why are people buying merchandise before the team even plays?" And I thought that was a bizarre question because I don't know. As long as I've been around, I always just rooted for my home teams. So that that does bring up a good point, though. What if they're just absolutely dog poo? They're still my team. That's true, but I don't. I would. This is a bad thing to say as a Seattle sports fan, but I do rep the Seahawks way more than I rep the Mariners. And with that, Bennett is kicked off. No, <laughs> Ooh, I mean, it's, love, it's interesting. Love. It was interesting to think of, but 
I don't know. I just figured I've never had a hockey team. That's really. true. I've yeah. I, so it, it just made sense to me. I will say my internal excitement has died down a little bit since the initial announcement, just because it's been so long. Yeah. Uh, but once we like once the skates hit the ice, is that how they say it? I'll be um, that makes sense to me. Good job. I'll I'll be pretty you get a gold star. I'll be pretty happy with uh with it, just because it's like it's another sport to watch. And then actually, what's nice is hockey plays kind of in, near the dead zone of some other sports, but also concurrent with some other sports. So you kind of get both the mm-hmm. both sports at once. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Lamar, did you have something, Dad? Uh no, hockey just looks lit. Like who doesn't like seeing people get smacked on ice? Like it's just, it's just yeah, that, that is well, hockey there. is a really intricate game, and you know it's not just all getting smashed no. On throw ice. the gloves down and start fighting. I will struggle with that because I'm such a reactionary person. Where I'm like, <laughs> stop! What are you doing? Uh, it'll get weird to to have that be almost a part <laughs> of what's supposed so, to happen. So that that's that'll be exciting. And just a reminder, we do have the expansion draft coming up in July. So. We are we are five months out, so you can uh, start researching who you want now. Um, oh, funny that I said that. I believe now there's uh, teams are allowed to start sending out a no move clause. They can ask pl- players to uh, adjust their no move clause, which basically is like a no trade clause uh, in preparation for that expansion draft. So that's kind of interesting to see. Um, it'll be. Obviously, the, as I learn here, it'll be interesting to see who gets protected and who doesn't. Do the Krakens also get to participate in the draft draft? Yes. Okay, cool. So we get, we I think we get expansion draft first, and then it's draft draft. Oh, the, well, yeah, it makes sense, because you fill your needs with the new guys. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, I mean, hey, I won't know much about these guys, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll get there. It's a, And it's a also, I mean, hockey is a much more frequent sport than football or, or uh, well, I guess just football. So is it a longer season? N- yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, let me just look up really quickly. Cause I know it's not like 16 games, you know, uh, does an NHL team play? Hey, this is all part of the process folks. 82. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know, it's a lot more frequent, frequent, free. Help. That's a super rough sport to be playing that often. Frequent, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, but they they sub a lot more. It's they sub as much as like I'd say basketball subs, maybe even more. But they like they're more physical than how basketball is. Like I would say, you might have, you might have pissed off a good amount of the fan base of who listens here. Hockey is way more physical than fucking basketball. <laughs> Are you serious? Wait, yeah, no, I would agree with that. I'd agree with that too, but a lot of people like to defend basketball weird. Bro, hey, never mind. Let me not make people mad. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. This is all about it. sports. Media is like two thirds hot takes, one third actual valuable analysis. Pretty much. So we hey, will. Um, do people be flopping in hockey? I'm sure they do. Probably. I mean, you can get. But then they probably fight it out. They probably like, hey, you just flopped and just you know, throw the gloves down, just start punching. I'm uh, I'm excited for that now that I think I about too. it. I'm I'm excited also to see what rivalries crop up because oh sure. yeah that's no that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, no rivals. Like, I gotta start the uh, division breakdown. Probably Vancouver. Probably well, Vancouver is the closest yeah. one. Vancouver's like a stone's throw away from us. I don't know how far you throw stones, but 
Uh, pretty right? <laughs> okay, so there, stone's throw. Never so no, that before. it'll be interesting to keep up on uh, who will have to be uh, will have to hate soon. So uh, I'm sure it'll be other guys like uh, the California teams. Arizona has a team too. I don't know if we're in the same division, but we might be. So we will have to see about that. Um, no Jag Dragons news. Just continue to praise Dwayne Johnson for keeping our XFL league alive. Thank you, Papa Rock. Um, can you smell what the Rock is cooking? Dragons. Well, I guess. Um, I like Washington... that answer. I really do. I like that answer a lot. <laughs> In terms of Washington Huskies football news, the team added quarterback Camden Sermon as a preferred walk-on, and that's only interesting because he's the cousin of Jackson Sermon, sophomore linebacker, and Jacob Sermon, who transferred to Central Michigan in December. But, you know, still family ties there. Um, and Jimmy Lake announced that longtime assistant Bob Gregory will become the team's new defensive coordinator um, as they lost defensive coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski to former Husky coach Steve Sarkeesian and his staff at University of Texas. Um, Gregory has been a member of the UW football staff for the last seven seasons. Uh, and Rip Rowan, his name is Rip. Pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, defensive analyst for the team for the last two seasons has been named D-line coach. So some coaching staff move arounds. Uh, Omari like this, might like this next one. Um, immense basketball. The team lost to Washington State 77-62. to 62. Uh, I will get crazy. to our I will get to our friend here in a sec. Let me uh, let me get through the losing team first. Uh, in terms <clears> of scoring, <throat> Quade Green led with twenty points. Uh, rebounds, Jamal Bay led with seven, and Jamal Bay would lead in assists with four. Uh, and obviously, we have stake in this game. All of us have stake in this game, considering a particular player, uh, a young Noah Williams, played thirty six minutes at twenty one points, nice. six rebounds, and two assists. There you go. So, Noah, big contributor. It's been – obviously, the last two games against this Washington State basketball team have not been fun for me. But uh, it's been cool seeing Noah sort of do his – not sort of. Seeing Noah do his thing um, out there on the court and just – I mean, I I'm, uh, I think our friend can go to the league here. I'm uh, pretty excited about that. So uh, That's a that's – okay. Hey, man. Let me have my optimism, all right? Not optimism. He definitely can. Oh, yeah, it's not optimism. I mean, like, he's he's doing well, and Wazoo has fed to the draft before. So, you know. They've not... got a good program out there. Obviously, they, as we kind of talked about, they have had a little bit of a slide. But they've got some good pieces out there, and they're obviously doing better than the Huskies in terms of men's basketball. So, um, Amari, did you have some things you wanted to say? <laughs> did you just yeah. uh No. You know, your team sucks, but uh, thank you. Did you just hear him fucking crunch a chip before he said, Nah, nah, nah. He said, you... <sighs> Your team I think, sucks. I think, I think, <laughs> do you, do you nah. guys have a basketball team? Uh, Portland, oh, really? not yeah, Portland. they're trying to nominate us for the AP top 25. God damn it, oh, yeah, Loyola, right, like, we're not, we're not bad. Was... I didn't know. All right. I didn't know. We're not a bad team. No, we're not a bad team. We tried it though. You tried it though. Tried I did. It. I did. I wasn't sure. So. You remember, Chuck, like, Loyola was a Cinderella story. They, like, upset. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. my God. Hey, yeah. uh, I didn't say yeah. anything. I said nothing. It's okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's the okay. Portland's girls team were not champs. Oh, thanks, Bennett. <laughs> Bro, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying. 
They have a ain't nothing, man. They got Megan Rapino coming out of here too. Ain't nothing, bro. Nothing. Ain't. Out of, uh, hey, man. Nobody said anything against Portland. It's Excellent okay. theater department. All right, we're gonna. <laughs> All right, back I to heard the media out. manager is cool too. We're gonna put you in a breakout room. Yeah, probably for the best. Uh, so the men's team sits at three and twelve, uh, back to eleventh in the Pac-12. So someone still does suck worse than us. So. Uh, the team has games on February 4th against Oregon State and at Oregon on February 6th. Uh, the women's, not too much better. Uh, they lost at Oregon State on the 26th, 98-68. to 68. And versus number six, Stanford, on the 31st, they lost 74-48. to 48. Oh, no. Uh, in the Oregon State game, Quay Miller led with 20 points. Haley Van Dyke led rebounds with five. And Darcy Rees led an assist with two against Stanford. Quay Miller led with 14. Haley Van Dyke led with eight rebounds. And Quay Miller led with one assist. I don't know about you, but if your leading assist person gets one assist, grumble, grumble, not happy. By the way, that'd be Cal is at the bottom of the... uh... Thank you, Cal, for your strong contributions. You guys produced Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch, but your basketball team... Oh, and Jared Goof. But in terms of uh, men's basketball, I guess you guys really suck. Wait, so. who's Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I'm not familiar with that name. I think he has a funny mm. mustache. Oh, uh, he's a State Farm guy. Yeah. No, oh, the State Farm guy. Yeah. Got you, got you. He's a uh, discount double check. Yeah, that was fun. He makes bad commercials. I like that Patrick Mahomes guy better. <laughs> the um, women's team sits at 4-8, and 10th in the Pac-12. So there are two teams that suck worse than us. And the upcoming schedule features February 5th matchup versus USC and a February 7th matchup versus number five UCLA. So Pac-12 produces some good basketball teams. I don't know about you guys, but so that is it. Um, We are still in that sort of uh, awkward drawl here in the January to February spot. Obviously, if a certain football team did things better, we would have something to talk about, but, you know, we don't, so... We will continue to did we already talk about the Super Bowl. Yes, last week. Yeah, Which I didn't mean to talk week. about the Pro Bowl, though. I will stop you. Right I love there. how confident Jamal Adams is. That's all I got. Marshawn Lynch broke a chair. Oh, you actually Marshawn was there, so I will allow it. But outside that of that, news. I don't know how that made news. The game was on Madden, and the NFC won. So I mean, if you cared about the Pro Bowl at all, even before this year. Maybe maybe we excited you there, but <laughs> genuinely don't know anyone who watched it. The Pro Bowl has been dead for years, and it's sad because in the NBA they actually make All Star Weekend interesting. So you know, maybe Roger Goodell and the NFL can do something, but you know, not much to look forward to when it comes to the Pro Bowl. So that is it. Probably a relatively short episode this week. Um. But um, just sort of things to look forward to. Super Bowl is on the 7th here. Um, spring training should start mid-February. Um, spring. Hmm? I said, yeah, that's spring. Okay. I don't make the rules here, okay? Um, I mean, it's kind of dead, guys. It's dead. So There's not a lot going on in the sports world. Not not in Seattle, at least. So, you know, we have been your three hosts here with 
uh, by chronological, not chronological, alphabetical order. It's Bennett Buckle, Charles Hamaker, and Omari Salisbury. And um, I will not say a certain. Uh, See you next Tuesday. Uh, okay. Oh, Nobody said God. it. Come on. Right. Well, now that you acknowledge it, you can't say it. Have a good rest of your week, and we will see you on Tuesday. Baba Bowie.